0: welcome to another episode of the science spirituality podcast and we interviewed a guest her name is donna bond so a bit about donna she is an author a spiritual life coach business coach thought leader catalyst for personal transformation and igniter of light i love that we actually talked about a bit about that and uh well i mean in my experience like light could also translate as consciousness so that is definitely definitely true in our conversation so um, quick bio for donna She, at the age of 44, at the top of her game, Donna woke up with the realization that, quote unquote, all this wasn't, quote unquote, all that. (laughs) She was mentally stuck, emotionally unfulfilled, physically exhausted, and spiritually bankrupt after a 28 year long run as a corporate marketing executive. And now she then had enrolled in the master's program in spiritual psychology, which changed her life. And now she supports the global transformation of consciousness taking place on the planet today by assisting clients around the world to personally evolve to new heights of meaningful success, personal fulfillment, and spiritual aliveness by using the principles of spiritual psychology. So, and she has a book we talk about um, is incredible conversation. It was a uh, uh, really enlightening.
1: Yeah. She was really easy to talk to and she uh, um, really was able to like break down topics and explain them in a, in a really like easy to understand way. And I think, you know, the listeners will get a lot of like good nuggets out of this, especially some like practical things that they can apply to. You, so, definitely, yeah,
0: yeah. I think that she was one who her words, and I highlighted this actually like maybe 20 30 minutes into the episode, that she uses her words very particularly. So, as you listen, I really invite you to listen to the type of words that she uses because the things that she shared were principles that we all have heard before, but the way in which she shares it is unique and it's different. And that I think has, that makes all the difference. And um, Mm -hmm. funny enough, I use the word invite because that was something that she said at least four or five times of like inviting and an an invitational energy. That's really, really powerful to apply the kind of ideas that she shared. So yeah, I know you're going to get a ton out of this.
1: Yep. Well, we hope you enjoy.
0: Welcome back to the Science and Spirituality Podcast, and we are thrilled to be joined today by Donna Bond, who lives now in Costa Rica. I know you just shared with us that you moved there seven months ago, so looking forward to hear some of that story maybe, but welcome to the podcast, Donna.
2: Thank you so much, Kevin. It's great to be with you and Christopher. Hello.
0: Awesome. So as we always love to begin with guests on our podcast, we'd love to hear your story. And just given the bio that I read and just your past history and the different work that you've done in the past. Like very interesting story, it sounds like. So I'd love to hear you tell at least a part of that story of how you got to be doing the work you do today with spiritual psychology.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. Um, Well, I was a corporate marketing executive for 28 years. I worked in hospitality. And at the time that I sort of had my awakening, I was working for the Ritz-Carlton and it was an amazing job and it was very beautiful on the surface i was working next to brilliant people like best in class people i was working for one of the best hotel companies you know in the country in america um i reported every day to this beautiful physical location in southern california that was overlooking the pacific ocean And I had a really big, high profile job. And on the surface, it all looked gorgeous, right? It's like what people dream about. And my soul was dying. My soul was feeling stifled and confined. And I didn't know it at the time, but. What I really came here to do in the world was not even on my radar in any way, shape, or form. And I was really unhappy. And so on the advice of a psychic, I enrolled myself in a master's program in spiritual psychology um, at the University of Santa Monica. And it made absolutely no sense at all whatsoever because here I am in marketing and in hospitality, which I had been doing my entire life. Um, But when this happened, I had just turned 44. And 44 was a very significant age for me, because that's how old my father was when he died. And so all like when I turned 44, suddenly I was in this really big rush to figure out what is my life about? What am I doing here? And I really began to recognize that I was on this conveyor belt. I was in this repeat, right? Like autoplay. My life was the same thing over and over and over again. And and that's why I say like my spirit was dying. My soul was so squelched because I was trying to fit myself into this sort of Mainstream, what we're supposed to do, and you know, doing all the right things, quote unquote. You got to have the right job, and you got to earn the right paycheck, and you got to live in the right neighborhood, and all of the stuff that we buy into. And I was so miserable. I was so miserable. And so, spirituality has been something that I have loved since I was very young, and it was something that I did on the weekend. Right. It was like sort of my secret little private, you know, oh, on the weekends, I'll go to a workshop or I'll read a book or go see a psychic. And, anyways, this gal, she said, Donna, they're spelling it out for me spiritual psychology. And I said, What in the hell is spiritual psychology? And she never answered the question, but she gave me the name of three different universities. Uh, or she tried to give me the name of three universities that teach a program in that. And she gave me two of the names and we got distracted talking about something else and she never gave me the third one. And I got home and I Googled the other Oracle, right? And very quickly found my way to the University of Santa Monica. And I had to get over a lot of resistance. I had to get over a lot of bullshit that my ego was putting up its list of reasons and excuses why this, it wasn't a good idea, right? It was a lot of money. It was a lot of time. It did not make any sense within the context of my life. Like, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with a master's degree in spiritual psychology? Just didn't make any sense. Yet, I Felt this pull. So I kept looking at it and I kept pursuing. And, you know, my ego was busy with all of its excuses, excuses and reasons why. And this lovely admissions counselor, she said to me, Donna, why don't you just come for one weekend and see what happens? And that one weekend changed my entire life
0: That's amazing, yeah. do you feel complete <laughs> with that storytelling? because there's so many questions I have. But um well, well
2: I thought I'd take a pause because I could sure. keep going, but I thought I'd let you
0: <laughs> right. well, to just to complete the story before we start diving into questions, because I know I definitely do, but Chris, I'm sure you do as well. But. Just in terms of like a quote unquote completion, because it's never completion as long as we're living, but like, so do you like, what do you do today with that degree? Like the spiritual psychology, like what kind of work do do you do just so so that someone listening may understand of like where you're at now? And then we'll dive deeper into your story.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much, Kevin. Um, I am a spiritual coach. I'm a coach that works with the modality of spiritual psychology. And spiritual psychology is a technology really that holds many different principles and practices that assist us in seeing our life through the spiritual context or through a spiritual lens. And so I really help people in their life move forward into the future understand their past in a different way, understand the challenges and the opportunities that have happened in their lives as the stepping stones to how they grew, how they grow, how they evolve, how they change and transform. And our lives, as I know that both of you know, right, in every moment, Our life is presenting us with those stepping stones, with those opportunities to learn and grow and evolve. And we have a choice in the way that we view our life. We can look at it. We can look at life as, you know, the craziness that it is and that it's all happenstance and that none of it means anything. Or we can begin to see it as an invitation to a different level of choices And then we engage in the law of cause and effect, and we are the effect of the choices that we make. So when I see a trauma or a tragedy or something in my life that was very difficult as an invitation for my own growth and learning, I immediately empower myself just by the way that I'm viewing it.
0: Mm. Beautifully said, is that's that a amazing.
1: principle? Is that a principle of spiritual psychology that you learned at in college that 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 way to shift the the hardships in life? Is that that's something that you specifically learned?
2: Um, one of the principles that we work with, is, and and I just want to give a nod to Drs Ron and Mary Holnick at the University of Santa Monica. They are the innovators of spiritual psychology. They are the co-founders and the directors of the University of Santa Monica. um, And all of what I'm sharing with you about spiritual psychology was really their brainchild, right? I am a practitioner and a facilitator and a student, a lifelong student of these principles. But one of the principles that we work with is that um, your unresolved issues are not in the way, they are the way. So this is where we begin to relate differently to the things that are happening in our life. And and one of the other principles is how we relate to that while we're going through it is really the opportunity for growth right there. Um, When I actually began at the University of Santa Monica in 2013, I sat down in the classroom the very first weekend I had this incredible pain in my right shoulder. And it was funny how it sort of simultaneously happened at the culmination of the beginning of this program. Well, that pain turned out to be a frozen shoulder. And I was really pissed about it, I was angry. I didn't have time for this in my life. It was a big nuisance. It was a big imposition. And that's really how I treated it and how I related to it for the year that I suffered with it. And it persisted because I treated it with disdain. I treated it with like this huge annoyance, which was how I was perceiving it. Well, fast forward um a couple of years into my studies i was given a breast cancer diagnosis and now the way in which i began to relate to that breast cancer diagnosis was very very different than how i had related to that frozen shoulder i was then curious about why and how have I found myself at this place in my life. And there was a sense of um, a higher awareness or a higher level of compassion for my humanness and the struggles that my the struggles of the human condition the the struggles of the journey that we all make in this life and there was this new found entryway into a deeper level of self compassion self love self understanding and not from a place of ego but from a deep place of reverence from a deep place of understanding. And through that relationship that I now was having with this this physical illness that I was moving through, I learned a lot of beautiful things about myself, about the world, about how I move myself through the world. So that's like sort of an elaborate example, but it's how we relate to, you know, our issues and the unresolved issues that we have in our life is I think part of our learning journey.
0: Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful, and what a what a kind of I call a curriculum for yourself to go yes. through. It Spiritual sounds, curriculum can be very seem very difficult, especially again to the human journey and to many people looking outside in. But that's beautiful the way that you've evolved, which clearly again it's in the program. It sounds like to evolve the way in which you relate to the physical or the human condition, no matter what it is. Even if, you know, things are going well, it's like still to relate in a different way where it's like, all right. And I think this is a common like tenet of any spirituality is that it sounds like what you're speaking to is that we are more than the body or more than our thoughts, more than the emotions, that those are things that we have. And so that when we come from that place of knowing that that is something that we can have and not let those things have us,
1: Mm, then it evolves
0: the relationship. So then it's like, oh, I have had, Right, hopefully, I don't know what your current condition is now, but like have had breast cancer and went through that yes. experience, didn't have yes. me. You know, like that's brilliant. But um, my question to follow up on that, because that that right there, like we can talk about for five hours but and beyond, what would you say? Because I think a lot of people have that as an idea, especially growing up. I think it's a com- common thing to know. It's like, okay, you can learn from challenging things. It's like the age-old saying what doesn't kill you makes you stronger right but i've experienced and found that it can go much deeper usually does but a lot of people have this surface level of awareness of it where it's like yeah that's a cool idea but then when they're challenged with something like breast cancer for example in your experience like they're like oh no that doesn't apply <laughs> like it's it's that's too much or it's too difficult so it's like oh like then they go back to that fighting relationship with the the condition so if you could, like, I'd love to hear your experience of like how to deepen your understanding or living that principle.
2: Yeah, great question, Kevin. Well, and this is really the whole basis for spiritual psychology and why we would work with it. And, and you know, to acknowledge also that not everyone will and not right. everyone will be interested and that's totally okay, right? It's totally okay. But the basis is really the understanding that we have two choices in the world. We can react to all of the things that are going on in our physical outward experience that are happening in physical reality, and we can allow our own joy, happiness, peace of mind, you name it. We can let our experience of life be dictated by the things that are going on outside of us, or we can recognize and invite ourselves into the idea that whatever's going on outside of us, we individually get to decide from an inside place what we're going to make that mean and that we have the choice to respond to it rather than be consumed by our patterning which is going to cause us to react and this is really the whole journey you know that that one would go through Right. in a program at the University of Santa Monica which they no longer facilitate a masters but they do have a gorgeous um online program called soul centered living wow but the idea is that if i'm upset about something that's going on in the outside world That is really just an activation or a triggering of something that's unhealed inside of me. Mm. And so as I am willing to address what's going on inside of me, I have the opportunity to heal, essentially, whatever that is. And to dissolve, I like to think of it as a crystalline block of energy that is in us. As I heal that and dissolve that, it clears out of my energetic field and it ultimately exposes more of my true self, more of my true nature, which is the energy of love. Right. And so the more I expose more of my true nature, the energy of love, the more that is how i move through the world and then that is how i begin to see the world through the lens of love because that's where i reside mm. and dr Tron and mary holnick define healing as the application of loving to the places inside that hurt yeah thank wow, you i feel that too
0: yeah, yeah. wow <laughs> Mm. So beautiful.
2: It's very beautiful.
0: I made that. There's some, you, I want to just highlight this for anyone listening and just for our conversation here, the words that you're using are very particular. I can tell. And I think that's important because I think personally, in my experience, that's what allows things to go deeper. And I I just want to highlight one word you used, which I think is so brilliant. And only, it's only just, um, maybe sometime in the last year, I recently read a book by Dr. Gay Hendricks called Your Gene, The Genius Zone. Um, he has yeah. many, like 40 plus different books with his wife, Katie Hendricks. Um, but in this one particular book, he talks about not solving things because we often, with the logic, want to like solve things or figure it out, right? But use the word, it's literally the opposite, it's dissolving. It's mm. dissolving it. Like, yeah. So Ooh, it- <laughs> I could <laughs> yeah, it's different, but like, it, it's the way <laughs> this is the way as the Mandalorian would say, but that, uh, you dissolve it. It's, it's the, the breaking down of it instead of having to figure it out. Cause figuring it out just makes, you know, adds more of the logic or the crystalline nature of that energy, which I think that's a beautiful example as well, but like, I never heard it that way, but the dissolving. Yeah. And it, beautiful. also
2: instead of breaking free from it, because when we're breaking free from something, there's an energy of force. Yes. And when we bring that energy of force, right, then we're going to hurt ourselves. So thank you for pointing that out. Um, yeah. And I, uh, yeah, thank you.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, Excuse you about the call. <laughs> the, 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 I don't know if you can hear the phone ringing, anyone listening, but um, again, me and Chris are visiting our parents and I'm in my dad's office actually right now recording this. <laughs> anyway. Chris, what what are your thoughts on all this? I'm curious to hear your questions.
1: Well, I think what's like so beautiful about this philosophy is that it it puts the locus of control back on the individual because like yeah. you were saying, you can be so reactive to what's going on around you and that's not the best way to live life because then you're always going to be at the whim of outside energies and outside forces. It sounds like with this philosophy it's it's really putting things back inward and it's like how are you going to choose to respond to the situation and you always have that ability. To choose to respond, and so I think that's what's so beautiful about it. It's kind of taking back responsibility for your own energy and you know, your own healing. And uh, another thing I wanted to point out too was I really, I really think it's awesome that your program had that definition of healing because when I was in um, acupuncture school, like we we talked about that a lot because some people think that healing is completely getting rid of whatever is ailing you, but sometimes it's not really what the healing is. It's about like integrating it. And about learning from it. And so I, I really, I really like that, that idea.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what we do. And, and um, in the one-on-one work that I do with clients and in the group work, um, you know, it really is about accessing this higher part of us, you know, this presence, the essence part of us that is comprised of this loving fabric, this loving essence, this material, and it's it's allowing that essence to come into the pain that we as humans and egos hold in place because of our judgments or our positionality or our expectations or a whole bunch of other things that have been undefined. Right, that we make it mean something, and that's how we hold it. So it's it's really engaging the higher part of us in the healing process because it's that part of us that is always loving, no matter what. Doesn't have to try to be loving. <laughs> mm.
1: Right. Do you have any uh, like daily practices that you do to kind of help with this process? Because I know for for some people who might be listening, it's like sounds like this is a lot of stuff to kind of get to from one place to the other and so i just wonder if you have any um like daily things that you do in terms of practicing like awareness or anything that helps you kind of kind of get there
2: yeah i love your question um i have a lot of things that i do for for the people listening what i would recommend or my my guidance on this is Stillness, quiet, slowing down, and really recognizing that there is something greater than each of us individually, that there's this organizing principle in the universe, right? There is this everywhere present intelligence that we are part of. And I think that's why they call it the higher self, right? Because it's, it has a higher perspective than our ego and our personality, that's sort of the boots on the ground, if you want to think about it that way. So it's kind of surrendering to that, turning it over, to this higher wisdom and trusting and allowing that will be shown the way or given the answer um, that it's not all on us. You know, and, and I think that this is a mindset that we are invited to, to break out of that. It's not all on me. Like my life is I'm not the sole doer, right, of everything that's unfolding in my life, but there are a lot of magical different energies and pieces and synchronicities that are all unfolding in this, what might look like complete chaos, but really in this divine design that is all around us. And when we can recognize hey, I'm part of that, I'm part of that mystery and I'm part of that magic and I can just turn it over. Um, A good visualization is to imagine you have a giant platter in front of you, like a beautiful giant silver platter and you're putting all of your problems and all of your stuff, all of your unresolved issues and you're just putting it on the platter. And then you're like giving the platter up to the universe, and even energetically, right? You can feel the the detachment from it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I feel a release even just imagining mm-hmm. that briefly. Because our words are so powerful and to evoke images in the mind, and then there's an experience with that. If you allow yourself to enter into that experience, I've never heard of that exact, exact visualization, but I could feel that beautiful. Well, I
2: have to give a nod to my friend Joanne for that one. She's a big uh, A Course in Miracles
0: Mm. girl. And
2: yeah. yeah.
0: That's awesome. Would you, uh, I'm very curious to hear your perspective and what you, maybe it's some of what you've learned from the spiritual psychology, some of it from elsewhere, but because even just the term spiritual psychology begs the question, let's talk about God. (laughs) <laughs> that's Let's that's a term that. yeah that's a term but you are speaking to this presence this power the universe higher self uh this intelligent energy like i see it as all different labels as the infinite or this infinite yeah. intelligence but i'm curious to know i would love to hear your perspective or again maybe potentially what is coming from spiritual psychology and what you learned because i think that's so integral to a spiritual approach is that an understanding not just a belief even but a knowing over time, I think, I think it starts with believing, but like, I think it has to come to a knowing where this, this interactive relationship with this presence, this power, but I'd love to hear your perspective on that. What is, what is, yeah. God?
2: well, it's funny. My perspective is actually different than what we say in spiritual psychology. So in spiritual oh. psychology, God is love, not that we have a loving God, mm. right? This is very different. God is love and so when i tune into that that means to me there's this energetic fabric i don't know that word keeps showing up here for me today that energetic fabric um that essence that it's it can be palpable right because it's it's energy and in spiritual psychology sort of like that's how we wrap it up god is mm. love But I would take it one step further, and I'm sure they would take it that way in spiritual psychology also, but we just don't often go this big with it. That energy is all that is. God is all that is, right? Because everything is energy as Einstein taught us, right? It cannot be created or destroyed. It just reinvents itself in different expressions. And so what a liberating day it was for me personally when I really started unraveling the gods of religion, right? And the gods that man has created as a man and really began to notice God is all that is. God is in everything and God is in you and God is in me and we are all of what is right. We are part of all that is. So that is how I relate to it. That's how I understand it. That's how I see it. And so it can mean everything.
0: Right. I'm so glad you brought in the kind of scientific approach of it. Cause literally what you even said the words like God is everything I've heard it say stated, and I think it's exactly the same terminology, but it's truncated a bit more saying God is like, there's right. nothing after that. Just God right. is. But then yes. it, it relates so perfectly to the scientific viewpoint. Is that is exactly what the statement is in in a uh, uh, science with Einstein? As well is all its energy is, yeah. Because every everything is energy, and so every energy is God is like it's the same thing. So yeah. God is energy? Question mark. I don't know. So it could be stated as that, but I love that. That's really beautiful.
2: And I love um, how Carolyn Mace says it. Right? She says God is law. And I think that that makes a whole lot of sense, right? Because we have these universal laws that we are all subject to as we engage here on this planet. And that's also where I think where the science piece comes in is that you know we have the law of gravity and we right. are all subject to it. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter where you are or what you are, it, like we're all affected by that, the law yep. of cause and effect. Sort of the same concept, right? There are these laws, and that is this dimension that we're working in. And when we can begin to understand how to work in accordance with those laws instead of against them, then we have a very different experience in our life because we have a greater sense of flow and harmony and effortlessness which I think people are like scurrying around in the world trying to get and find, but maybe there's another way to go about it.
0: I think there is. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think uh, to to go back to a point you were bringing up before about, um, slowing down. I think that's, that's super important because I feel like everyone's so go, go, go right now. And, um, you know, like deflecting, like those feelings that could be coming up about what you should do, or like how you can relate more to this, this infinite power. It's like, we're, we're outsourcing all of our attention to other things. So I think, I think slowing down and, and you know, med- whether it's meditating, going for walks, spending more time in nature, like, I think that's really important. Even just
2: listening to yourself, breathe, hmm. right? Like listening to yourself, breathe. And, you know, a lot of people who are caught up in their day-to-day at work, you can do this for five minutes. You know, I've had so many clients, I work with a lot of very high achieving women who have these big corporate positions, these big roles. And I've had many of my clients say, like, don't even talk to me about meditation. You know, that's never going to happen. And <laughs> we start with we start with five minutes in the middle of the day. Close your door, put your phone on, do not disturb. And you can sit there at your chair. For five minutes with your eyes closed, just listening to yourself breathe, feeling your heart beat through your chest. Because when we create these gaps, these spaces in our consciousness, that's when we allow in the guidance of this everywhere present infinite intelligence that's all around us to have a say, so because otherwise we get on autopilot, right? We get on the conveyor belt of what we know, and we just live out the familiarity of our conditioning.
0: Beautiful, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I I don't see another any way around that. And doesn't I don't think it has to be it has to be like a particular kind of silence practice. I think everyone can find their own way, but to have some kind of space and stillness and creating that kind of, like you call it a gap. Like, I think that is a hundred percent essential. Otherwise what else can happen? Like nothing else can happen except the patterns going on. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It, it is that kind of on, on or off quote unquote, but I think there could be a spectrum within that. It's not like black and white, but in a way a bit, like I think there has to be <clears throat> that. In my, in my personal experience it has been life-changing.
2: Life
0: changing. It's beautiful.
1: Have you noticed in any of your clients that that tendency to, or w- when you're telling them to slow down, or telling them to breathe, or telling them that they need to get more stillness in their life, that there's actually a lot of discomfort for them in that stillness because they're so used to go, go, go. And if you have experienced that with your clients, like, what do you? Is there anything that you tell them, or any any advice that you give them to help them yes. move through that?
2: Yeah. Um, Michael Singer said this best. Michael Singer, really, he nailed this one um, in The Untethered Soul. He talks about how training our mind is similar to training a wild horse. And there's something about that image and that metaphor that just says it all, right? It's like, are you going to let the horse throw you off its back? Or are you going to work with that horse to tame it And bring it into alignment. And I think this also, Christopher, there's a, there's a recognition in here that there is something more intelligent than my mind. There's Hmm. something greater than me that I want to invite into my life. And if you aren't there with that, then it might be harder, right, to say I'm going to work through this resistance or that I'm even motivated to work through this resistance. But taming that horse, taming our monkey mind, like anything, it takes a little loving discipline. It takes some gentle discipline to get us you know, it's like working out, you can work out for eight hours tomorrow and nothing's going to happen. But if you meditate for eight minutes, or you can, you can meditate for eight hours tomorrow and nothing's going to happen. But if you meditate for eight minutes, every day going forward, you're going to begin to experience a change. And it's like a muscle that that we're building. So I think the first point of recognition is wow, I have a jumpy mind. I don't hmm. really want to sit here. I don't think this is accomplishing anything. Like witnessing all of your rebuttals and just letting that be okay. You know, I'm I'm gonna just be with it, but I'm I know that there's something beyond this, so I'm gonna stick with
1: it. Hmm. And it definitely gets easier over time, I'm sure. Like, I I think I I remember when, when I was, um, like starting to kind of get more stillness in my life, there was a lot of resistance to it for me because I was like, oh, this is not actually going to help at all. But then you, you do it a few times and you're like, wow, this actually does help a lot. And it kind of gives you that reinforcement to kind of keep going. And I think it also helps to, to, to let people know that there, there could be some discomfort that comes up when you try to move into stillness and to expect that discomfort and not shy away from it because it's normal. Like you're, you're probably going to feel that.
2: Yes. Because when we let things settle, the things that need to be seen are going to come forward. And this is where oftentimes people are experiencing emotion that maybe doesn't make sense or thoughts that they're suddenly encountering that they're saying to themselves, wow, wow, really hard on myself. And I didn't even realize that. And then there's a judgment that we formulate as a result of that. Um, The guidance that I give my clients is to really develop the practice before they even develop the silence. And what I mean by that is Find a location in your home. Find a location that you can physically get up and go to. Um, I used to meditate in front of my sliding glass door in my in my house in California, in my bedroom. I would just sit facing outward and you know looking out onto sort of a nature. If you want to get a candle or a crystal or a flower, knock yourself out, right? But it's this act of committing to getting up and going there. Because there's some sort of messaging that we then are sending to ourselves, like, this is the commitment that I've made to myself, and this is how I'm supporting myself in getting up and going to be in a place of quiet, to be in a place of stillness. And we say 33 days creates a new habit. So I encourage my clients to do this for 33 days at minimum. And if you miss a day, you start over. And as they begin to formulate the structure of that habit, then it can get a lot easier to support yourself through the discomfort because you've now built this trust does it make sense
1: no that uh, yeah that's that's brilliant it's like 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 setting up the process and not really worrying about the results until you get you get the process in place and the results will come and i think again that that that, that's probably a stumbling block for a lot of people when they're expecting results right away they're like oh this isn't working so that's why i think it's really important to set up that process first and i love the way that you um kind of added movement into that and had them go to a space because that 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 has a bunch of physiological changes in the body when you move physically move and so you're sending signals yeah. to your nervous system like hey I'm doing this totally mm-hmm.
2: yeah i um meditation quite literally saved my life um i had a prophetic dream about my breast cancer i had a dream that i had a fish hook all the way through my left breast. And in my dream, I was looking at myself in the mirror and I was fixated on the barb that had like gone all the way through my breast and it was a bloody mess. And in my dream, as I'm looking at myself in the mirror, I said out loud, how are you going to get out of this? And I woke up. And when I woke up, I, two months earlier, I had noticed what felt like a little pebble, like on the top of my breast. And it was like in one brain cell and out the other. Like I didn't really give it any thought. Like I noticed it, but I didn't. And so I came out of this dream and I, my first thought was, wow, is that still there? Hmm. And in fact it was. And so that day I made an appointment, which led to another appointment and another appointment and another appointment. And Five days before my 47th birthday, I was being given a positive breast cancer diagnosis. And fast forward a little bit through the story, um, there's 26 different types of breast cancer. And the healing journey that I took with mine involved a lumpectomy and um, a sort of a newer technology called interoperative radiation therapy. And the interoperative radiation therapy is administered through a device that's shaped like a fish hook.
0: interesting. Whoa! It's
2: all in my book.
0: Hmm. D- tell us how it ties back to then the the meditation.
2: Yeah, thank you. So <laughs> it's okay. I thank you. I know that had I not, been incorporating that stillness practice into my life that quiet practice into my life which at the time that this happened I probably had only been meditating for maybe a year Mm -hmm. Um, I would not have not only do I think I would not have had the dream I definitely would not have remembered mm. the dream. Right. And so my meditation practice has really created this space in my consciousness. Like oftentimes when I, and and I'll tell you about another trick in a second, but I, I always meditate first thing in the morning, I wake up and I meditate and cause you're still sort of in that dreamy place. Right. And oftentimes I will get complete recall on my dream life, my dream world, in my meditation. And that's not actually what happened. I mean, I woke up out of this dream and was like seeing the whole thing happening. Uh, But I do think that creating that spaciousness in our consciousness invites in more of our interior world, more of what's going on inside of us rather than being fixated on what's going on outside of us.
0: Right. I see the connection now. Thank you for clarifying. Cause I, I think you kind of made that point like when you brought up the story, but yeah, that's super clear. And I have a similar experience. I've been meditating now for a decade. Um, it, it started with like literally like once a week, 10 minute guided meditation, very, very simple. But, um, over the years, it's gotten much more profound and like, I know I am who I am today because of that space I've created and things coming up so that they can be released, healed, let go of dissolved. But, that's really, really powerful that you've attributed, you know, that practice to the realization or the the awareness of what you had, deal, had to deal with and then go through that experience and then be where you are here and which we're thrilled that you're still here. You're healthy. Sounds like, and seems like. Yeah, and sense your energy Excellent. I
2: opted awesome. out of chemotherapy and wow. really just made a lot of lifestyle choices sure. that have carried me through to where I am.
0: Right. Awesome. Well, awesome. beautiful. So, And
2: would you agree, Kevin, that meditation is like building a muscle? Yes. Like the longer you do it, the more, I mean, I always like to think about it. I'm building my central column of light. Like mm. the more I can sit in the stillness, the more I can just align myself with that higher power source, intelligence, whatever you want to yep. call it. I'm strengthening my central column of light. Mm -hmm. And so over time, there's the benefits of the time.
0: Right. It's the compound effect at its best. Yeah. But yes, 100%, I agree with you. And I love the phrase you just used. I've only recently in the last couple of years started to meditate in a different way to where I'm, I'm... Visualizing a column of light, which now we also know in psych or not psychology, but in science, of our personal electromagnetic field. That's the torus shape. There's that center line of energy. That it's it's not just woo-woo or make it, make believe. Like it's real. And Chris, actually, this connects directly with the heart math Institute training you've mm-hmm. gotten. That our heart is the creation of that part of mainly its main part of it, the electromagnetic field that we have. Like. That is a column of light, right, in the the center point of our being. That runs up and down. It connects with, for all we know, everything. <laughs> and so, that's that's beautiful. I'm glad you used that term. That just I get I got chills as you said that.
2: I just love what you guys are up to. You know, like bridging the gap between science and spirituality. This is the answer. Like this is the mm. answer in an evolving world that we're living in and the education process that you're doing to help people recognize this and make these connections within themselves is so important. This time on the planet, it really, I love what you guys are up
0: to. Thank you, Donna. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Really. All right. Well, Time flies when we're having fun. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, actually just, since we mentioned Einstein before, it makes me think of his, uh, um, theory of relativity, uh, which I believe, I don't know if it's technically proven now, but I believe it's proof, but, um, his common phrasing about that, it's like, a, a paraphrase of his quote is that if you spend an hour with someone that you love or someone you enjoy being with, and it feels like a minute and that's honestly what it feels like here. So it has been amazing, but, um. As we're coming for a close, I have a couple of questions. So first, really quick, because you mentioned your book, I'd love for you to share that. But then secondly, anything else that you want to share um, about a message, something that you feel guided to share with our listeners? Of course, we'll talk about like where people can get connected with you if they want to take things deeper, have a conversation with you. But uh, yeah, your book and then any final message.
2: Yeah, well, the final message that I want to share is to just remind people that we are so much more than what we have been taught. We are so much more than our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors, as you were saying earlier, Kevin. And we often overlook our own magnificence. And once we can slow down and begin to invite in this higher presence that we all have, we can begin to really tap into the yumminess. And, you know, the original wisdom is what I call it. And that's the name of my book, Original Wisdom, Harness the Power of the Authentic You. And that's really the intention of my book is I define original wisdom as the inherent intelligence in all beings that is rooted in unconditional love. And that is our true nature. And that's what we're all made of. And it doesn't matter what mistakes that you've made. It doesn't matter what wrongs you've done. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We are all Of this, and we all have this inherent intelligence within us, and everybody's out in the world swirling around thinking they're gonna find happiness and fulfillment in something that's outside of them. And maybe we're all looking in the wrong place. So, yeah, so you can find my book on Amazon or any of the major book retailers original wisdom harness the power of the authentic you um and you can find more information about me on donabond.com.
0: excellent awesome beautiful thank you for sharing and uh we'll have the links especially obviously to your website which uh, i mean (laughs) with today's day and age and most of our listeners they're very tech savvy so find do a quick google search you know for her book or obviously amazon like you said um, but anything else in terms of like things that you do have to share or have to offer for what you do is your work, or is it just like go to your website or anything else you want to share of like something that you have to, as an offering?
2: Yeah, I have just launched a digital journey, uh, which is kind of fun and it's called empower the authentic you. And really the basis of it is very similar to what I just shared. It's how to stop deriving our power from things outside of us like our career or our relationship or the car that we drive or the job that we have it's how to stop doing that and how to access this inherent power within each of us and then how to live from there and that's really essentially the journey that you are led through um by me. And I show up once a month live with anybody who is taking the course. um, And you get to engage with me and experience live coaching and receive whatever downloads I'm getting at the time. And (laughs) so uh, you can find that at empowertheauthenticyou.com.
0: Awesome. Sweet. We'll include that link too, for people to check out if they resonate with you, which I always like to share this, which actually it's not always it's not always that I share. but this is my always my perception is that people who are doing this kind of work in the world. We all have our own unique frequency, just like a, a telephone number, and that there's a different resonance that some may have with you, Donna, versus someone else like myself or Chris or any else anyone else we have on the podcast or anyone else that you may find. So, If you're listening to this and you resonate with Donna, then there's potentially some reason you're actually feeling that. So yeah, we'll include the links in the description and uh, you're doing a great service in the world. So thank you.
2: Thank you so much. Really a pleasure to be with both of you. Thank you for having me.
0: Ditto. It's been a pleasure having you as well. And that's it for today. So thanks for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. So any questions, any comments, connect with us on Instagram personally at Kevin F. Carton
1: or at Chris J. Carton or our podcast or Instagram page at Science and Spirituality Podcast. And if you feel guided to, the one thing that we do ask is for you to please rate the podcast and also leave a review. This way we can reach more people and in that way impact more lives. So with that, we'll see you on the next episode.